You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, guys? This is the Talking to Star podcast. I'm your host, Connor Lousy, joined by the sweet, sweet David Hunter. see he's back on to really celebrate the LSU Tigers. That's all we're going to talk about. the LSU Unless you beat Alabama last weekend, so I figured we'd get the purest form of David Hellman this week on the show. So, David, welcome in. How you doing? Oh, Tigers. I'm happy to be here. I'm pumped. I'll be living off that adrenaline for the rest of the month. My favorite thing, look, like, I know you want your Cowboys news, and I'm ready to talk Cowboys. I love any Cowboy fan that likes to digest our content. I'm appreciative of you, but I do. I get a little bit of a sick thrill knowing that there are Cowboy fans out there that hate LSU and therefore hate listening to me get on my bullshit about LSU. I love it. And on days like today, you just got to deal with it, baby. You just got to deal with it because the Tigers got a huge dub against those bums from Tuscaloosa. And, uh, and yeah, Odell is in the news. So God, what a, what a, what a time to be alive. Like not only is LSU good, but the Cowboys are good too. And they actually are currently intersecting with each other. It's just, it's perfect. Let's get into it. We were just talking about it before we started recording here, but what pick, pick the stronger feeling winning against Alabama, a losing against Arkansas this coming up week. Oh, emotions are going to be higher. Is this, was it beating Alabama or was it, if you lose to Arkansas, will you be more down in the dumps there or were you higher when you beat Alabama? No, I mean, trust me, I'll be sad if they lose to Arkansas. And like we were saying, like, nobody knows how to mess up a good LSU season like Arkansas. They're they've they're a pain in our side all the time. Um, but this is house money. Like LSU's already got two losses. You know, they're they're probably not they're not national title worthy or anything like that. They're probably not even SEC worthy. Like they're not as good of a team as Georgia. Um so like I'll be sad if they lose, but like, and you gotta you gotta understand like Alabama has owned LSU for like a decade. Like I mean we've beaten them twice in our last like eleven tries. So that is like it's like slaying the dragon. Like when you climb that mountaintop and beat Alabama, and on top of that, ruin their national title hopes. You know that's obviously it's a team that brought back like all of their good star or not all they lost their receivers, but they brought back a lot of their good starters from last year, had a Heisman winning quarterback. Will Anderson's a top five pick. You know, that was a team. A lot of people thought was going to win the natty and for us to ruin it better than any drug that you could ever do. I mean, I'm not exaggerating. Like I'm still riding 
the high and it's, I mean, what it's Tuesday night. I'm still riding the high from Saturday. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be bummed if they lose to Arkansas, but like, you can't, you can't take that feeling away from me. I think when we beat them in 19, the high that I felt from that game was probably higher than from winning the national title. Cause like, if I'm being real, wow. if I'm being real, like, you knew it. I I was pretty damn confident walking in against Clemson that we were going to win. I was like, we're, we got this. Like, we're so good. If we can, if we can do everything we've done to this point, like we're not going to be denied. Whereas like the anxiety, right. and the, you know, all of that with the Bama game. Yeah. Like the release from beating Bama that year was probably more intense than, than beating Clemson. Although Clemson was great in its own right, but yeah. So now that you've, gotten a look deep into my psyche as an LSU fan. I hope I hope anybody is still listening to this. <laughs> oh, they are. There's I mean again, we we got you on to break down the LSU Tigers and then we get to talk about Odell. I mean, here's the thing. There's been so many people for so many years who like hated anything that was NFC East rival, you know, like nobody was good for the Eagles or the Washington or New York. I'm just not that way and I've always loved Odell. Like, he's always, like, when people were like, oh, the, the catch, you know, they still lost. I was like, yeah, but the dude's still freaking awesome. Like, so truly up until about three years ago, the year he got traded to the Browns, I still would have claimed that Odell's the best receiver in the NFL. It was like him and Hopkins at that point. I was like, give me Odell. So if they did sign Odell, I would be – I would feel like you felt about LSU beating Alabama. Let me ask you this, and I okay, Odell's one of my five favorite LSU right. players ever. Uh, yeah, I feel the same way as you. Like it always, it annoys me when people let their personal biases get in the way of like objective fact. Like right. o- Odell in his day was one of the like three to five best receivers in football. Yeah, some of the publicity got annoying, and he was in the news too much, probably. But the dude is, he was still amazing. So I'm with you on that. But I will say this, and this is the crux of it for me. uh, You know, how much of that magic is still left in the tank? Like, I'll be excited if it happens. If they sign him, I'll be very excited for a lot of reasons. But I can't, you know, we can't sit here and say that you're getting, you're not getting 2014 Odell. Definitely. So. You might not get 2021 Odell. Exactly, exactly. I still think even in an Odell at 70% of what we're used to, like at worst, that makes your wide receiver three significantly at least more dangerous. And I think that in itself is worth the risk here. Absolutely. And I mean, it's, it's hard to say. Uh, I've, I've heard things here and there, like obviously Odell said himself that like, the Rams offer wasn't really serious. Uh, at least not it, it wasn't what he wanted, let's put it that way. And then I've heard some other things going back and forth about like Odell's camp, like what do they want in terms of years versus, you know, I, I would guess the Cowboys. I would guess probably yeah. any NFL team wants to do like a one year deal. Like, let's see how good you actually look and then you can hit pay dirt in the offseason if you right. are good. Where and Honestly, Odell coming off of his second ACL surgery 
Yeah, so I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if if Odell wanted multiple years as kind of an insurance policy in case he's lost a step or two. Uh, so I think, you know, it's it's hard to say, yeah, you got to go for it, or no, this is a terrible idea until you know the money and the years. But if you can work it out, shoot, I would even, I'd sign him to a two-year deal if it wasn't for like an exorbitant amount of money, for sure. And yeah, like I'm with you, like even even if he's... 70% of what we're used to uh you're talking about a guy who could be your 3 or your like your 2B to Gallup's 2A that's the thing like Odell made some splash plays for the Rams last year but I want, he caught like 27 balls you yeah, know he got like, going like down the stretch it was like right, really down the stretch playoffs <laughs> yeah and that's i mean that's and that's what i would want him right. to be here honestly is like get him in here ASAP, assuming right. he's fully healthy, which that's the word on the street. And like, you know, like a perfect example for this is like what the Chiefs targeted Kadarius Tony twice on Mon- on Sunday night against Tennessee. Right. Like you're talking about gradually building him in. And the hope is by January, you're talking about a guy that you could target four to eight times a game and maybe do some jet motion stuff with like. I don't need you to be the centerpiece of the offense. I just need you to be a guy who scares people three or four times a game. And like when you think about the pieces that are already in place for the Cowboys, that sounds like exactly the type of thing that they need. Like you don't need to reinvent the wheel here, but I really think that that could give you some juice in in situational um, instances. Yeah, it's almost like not even – I mean, obviously everything you just said is correct, but it's like the way I also look at it too is like you get down the stretch here. I mean, even just like game planning, you know, like there's going to be snaps per game where teams go, okay, you know, he's he's only seen two targets, but it's third and six. Like we're going to shade coverage his way now, and then that frees things up for CeeDee Lamb or Michael Gallup or whatever it is. Like you just don't have that dude right now. Like every third down it seems like, hey, we got Dalton Schultz and CeeDee Lamb to worry about. And if Noah Brown or James Washington or – whoever that could be down the stretch or Michael Gallup is going to beat us. So be it. But right now it's just CD lamb and Dalton Schultz, you know, and and we've gotten a lot of production from those young tight ends, but I don't think that down the stretch and in the playoffs, these, you know, teams you're going to be facing are going to be terrified of those guys. No. And, and the cool thing is like, it doesn't have to be either or like, I would imagine even if Odell Beckham is on this team, I would imagine the Cowboys are still going to like, their 12 personnel package Absolutely. because because those uh because Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot have been so surprisingly good but my thing is like I think I think I stole this from Robert Mays and Nate Tice uh so credit to them but like I just it's ingrained in my brain to think of it as like a pitcher you know right. of like you know you you got to have the fastball working you want your curveball or your slider whatever it is but like you know some days you're not going to have that, right. right? Like some days your slider is just not going to hit the way you want it to. It's not going to find the strike zone or it's not going to be, it's not going to tail enough to convince anybody to chase it, that type of thing. And so what do you do? Like the more pitches you have, the more you can pivot. So this isn't to say bring in Odell Beckham so you can go 11 personnel all the time. Right. This is to say bring in Odell Beckham so that your 11 personnel is scarier which then allows you to build your 12 personnel in and just like the more versatile and more multiple you can be, the better it is for everybody. 
Yeah, and I think like the misconception of Odell's and like, oh, he's just locker room headache. He's blah blah blah. But like, like you just said, he got to the Rams. And he, it's not like he got Cooper Cup's targets. Like he only got targeted a handful of times. He only had you know, what do we say, 25, 20, 25, 30 catches like on the end of the year there. So it's like, I don't think he's this dude who's just like begging for the football anymore. He just wants to win. Like he said that in a tweet to Micah today. It was like, wherever I go, I just want to win. And like that's. I think that's the way he's been his whole career. It's just been – I think he's been kind of misconstrued on, like, what his issues were. <laughs> the one time I – like, okay, obviously, that was a hell of a storyline when his dad was, like, making cut-ups of all the times Baker wouldn't throw him the ball that last year that he was in Cleveland. Like, but... Hell yeah, dad, this guy sucks. Let's, let's, let's get him out of here. <laughs> Which, I mean, yeah, first of all, like – I'm just, I'm not, I'm not worried about Dak doing that. I'm just not, I'm not. And I'm not like, I'm not worried about like Dak is going to have control of that locker room and going to have a good rapport with his receivers. Like the next time that's not the case will be the first time. Right. Um, and yeah, but like, other than that, yeah, like, I, I mean, it's not a, I remember saying this way back in the day. Like, it's not a coincidence, in my opinion, that Odell and Dez are so tight and sort of, like, right. identify with each other so much because, like, I think they're very similar guys. Like, I think Absolutely. a lot of people have them pegged as, like, being a headache or being a bad guy or being, like, bad for the locker room. And I just – I never thought that was the case. No, I knew it wasn't the case with Dez because I was right. around it all the time. And I – um I never, I never bought that that was true for Odell. I think, yeah, maybe, maybe a little bit too passionate at times, maybe doesn't have like as good of control of his emotions as you would prefer, but you'll take that in return for the playmaking ability every single time. Yeah. And I mean, going back to a point you made earlier, like I'm, I'm 100, that's been like a conversation on Twitter today. People have kind of been talking about, it's like, why are we going to, you know, because everybody's freaking out about when this, you know, when it will get done, if it does get done. They're like, well, why would we do it before it even gets cleared? And it's just like, get him in here, even if he's not ready to go for three or four weeks. Like, let's get the, you know, let's let him learn up on the playbook and make sure he's got that down. And, you know, even if it's just light workouts and practicing and whatever it is, just like, I don't want them to wait. You know, we've, we've seen this happen before where they'll wait until he's ready to get on the field and then boom. Juju Smith-Schuster goes down with an injury, and then Kansas City's like, here, whatever we need, like, we got to have you. So I just – I don't want them to wait too long, you know, to wait for that perfect moment, and then someone else swoop in because of something else happens, and then it's sure. you lose them. Well, I want – I mean, there's there's a few things at play there. Number one is, like, I mean, Odell has all the leverage right now sure. because – teams need his services i like i wouldn't be surprised if odell beckham is waiting i mean like you know we're halfway through the season we have a pretty good idea of who's good and who's not but what's the harm in waiting a few extra weeks to see who like really separates you know like if odell had signed with the packers a month ago he'd be kicking himself right now (laughs) uh same thing you know uh and and on top of that rams Right. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah, exactly. Like all of a sudden you're like, eh, do I really want to go back to the Rams? <laughs> um, and on top of that, like the more time plays out, the more teams have an opportunity to play and learn more about who they are and potentially get more desperate. Like 
for instance, Baltimore, Baltimore might need him more than the Cowboys do. Like, yeah. I mean, their their options out wide just don't inspire a ton of confidence. Um, and then the flip side of that is I'm sure I guarantee you right now the Cowboys want to get a look at Odell and like they want to look at his knee and like see how what the condition of it is and how healthy he looks and how hard he's been rehabbing. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be willing to bet they want to take a hard look at that. Whereas or is there a team that's a little bit more desperate? That's like, whatever, just get your ass in here. Right. We'll give you we'll give you X amount guaranteed. So some of that stuff is a little bit out of their control, uh, I would say, because like Odell has to want to sign, which he might not be ready yet. And then at the end of the day, I don't you can't you can't control the desperation level of six or seven different front off front offices. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how it plays out. Like, I do. I don't think this is hot air. Like, I do think no. there's legitimate interest on right. the Cowboys part. But uh, bringing bringing the plane in for landing might be easier said than done. Yeah. Which that's I mean, as we know, you know me being a fan and covering the team and you covering the team very closely for so long. That's been a, I mean, we can go back to the Earl Thomases or the Jamal Adams situations where it's like, there's always something there, but can they get it done? And will it get done? It's always, this seems more, I guess what I'll say is like, this seems like more of a, not a sure thing, but more of a sure thing than those things. Just because we heard about the Brandon Cook stuff. Like they admitted, they're pretty much admitting, like, "Hey, we don't feel great about these receivers going into the home stretch." Right. And, and it, like, all signs point to, "Hey, we did everything we could to get Brandon Cooks here. We were going to give the give up the picks. We wanted some help with the the cap relief. They wouldn't do it, so we couldn't really agree. But even if they were if they were agreeing to pay, maybe not eighteen million, but Fifteen million, ten million, whatever it was, like they were agreeing to send picks and pay a decent chunk for Brandon Cooks. I feel like they're right. going to be aggressive to maybe try to get this more so done than some of those other things in the past. Sidebar: I I can't believe the Texans weren't willing to pay some Crazy. of that salary because, like, they need picks. They need they're to rebuild that team. And like, what's the biggest contract on the Texans' books right now? Like Laramie Tunsil, like probably there's no way that they need to be worried about cap space right now. So yeah, like, like the, I, what people killed Carolina for not trading Brian Burns. But I was like, it's not like those are again, like those are picks down the road, you know, like, and Brian Burns is in my opinion, a much better player than Brandon Cook. I still would have done it if I was Carolina, but like, I don't think they deserve the heat that they got. Cause it's like the Rams are giving them a first round pick next year. And then a first round pick the year after that. And it's like, yeah, when you start adding, it's not like Philly gave him two first round picks next year, but and also, I mean, Brian Burns plays one of the right, like most important positions and in he's football. Not he's, yeah, he's also young. Like Brandon right. Cooks is not young. Brandon Cooks receiver is important, but it's not as important as edge rusher. And so, yeah, I don't blame Carolina for not doing that yeah, at all. Like really. you, you can build a good team around Brian Burns before he gets old and not useful anymore. Sure. Brandon Cooks is old and exiting his prime. And like the fact that, yeah, the fact that Houston didn't do that over like eight or $9 million is hilarious to me. Um, But I agree with you mainly. And look, I mean, you know, we can make fun of the Cowboys for being cheap and, and a lot of that is deserved for sure. But like, 
if money is the only thing they have to do, they're going to be a lot more willing to do that than like giving up picks. Like we know they don't like giving up resources. Uh, and so like, I feel way better about knowing that all they have to do is come to terms on a price as opposed to a trade and then a price. Um, and I mean, like there's, there's precedent for this stuff. They got something done with Anthony Barr. It didn't work out, but they got something done with Everson Griffin a couple years ago. Now, I think Odell Beckham's going to want more money than those guys got. Sure. Um, have you, heard, have I think, you heard anything on that? Not, I did hear, I heard, I heard before he got hurt that Odell was looking for the type of deal that Gallup got from Dallas. So like 57, 58 million. Last, um, like in the middle like, of the season last yeah, year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like before he tore the ACL. I haven't heard... I haven't heard anything about what he wants right now, but you know, again, seeing what he said about the Rams and how like their price wasn't serious or whatever it was that he said. I mean, that's kind of eye opening. Cause like, okay, you like, you're trying to be objective. Like think of it as like a GM. You're like, okay, you're 30. You've torn the same ACL twice. This is what you did last year. And I'm like, yeah, like I'll do one year. Seven million dollars? I don't know, eight million dollars. And Odell Beckham is like, um, I'm OBJ. Like I was on my way to being Super Bowl MVP before I got hurt. Um, et cetera, et cetera. So like I could imagine there's gonna be some difference of of opinion about what that price tag is, but like, but I haven't I haven't heard anything concrete about about the number, no. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, like you said, like I I I do I just I I do two years twenty two million incentive based deal you know especially like this year like do it this year for you know one one year this deal is going to be incentive based next year will be fully guaranteed whatever it is I don't know I don't know figure it out I just I just think you're not we everybody going into this knows that the wide receiver position probably isn't going to be good enough to beat some of the top teams you know if you make it to the you know NFC NFC championship game like it's just that's the one position that an offensive line is just like, is it going to be good enough? And if we can fix one of those, even if it, even if it fix, even if it just bolsters the depth there, I feel like they got to probably make that move. Well, and keep in mind, it's fun. Like I made fun of Jerry for bringing this up in August because, because December felt like such a lifetime away, but December is right. It's here. I mean, it's right around the corner and I mean, it's probably it's going to be late. Like, but again, like you're talking about gearing up for the playoffs. Like, if the Cowboys make the playoffs, I bet Tyron Smith will play in the playoffs. Like, I won't be surprised by that. Um, he should. So, yeah. <laughs> and well, and so exactly. And so, like, you know, you you're you're gonna be able to boost one of your weak units. Right. By bringing a guy back from injury. So, like, you've got that ace in the hole. And, by the way, the offensive line isn't amazing, but the offensive line isn't some weakness that you haven't been able to work around. Right. So, really, it's it's one unit. It's one unit that I look at, and I'm like, ugh, I just don't know if this is enough. I guess if we're if we're splitting hairs... I don't feel wonderful about cornerback now that Jordan Lewis is out for the year, but like 
Deron Bland has been good, and then you've—you I mean you've got young resources there. You're way—you're way more equipped to deal with that injury, I think, than you are at receiver. Especially knock on wood, if something happens to one of your other three. Um, so yeah, I just—I mean, there's no way the price should be big enough that it should scare the Cowboys yeah. off from trying to fortify an obvious weakness for a playoff push. I just. That's how I feel about it. I agree. And you brought this up, so we'll talk about it briefly. But the shitty Packers, we got Cowboys got them coming up this week in Lambeau. But good Lord, does that team look absolutely atrocious. So are you are you one of the more analytical people who's like, the Packers are ass and there's no way around it and I don't care what happens, they're just bad? Or are you more of the like only the Cowboys type of person where as soon as they kick off on Sunday afternoon, Aaron Rodgers is going to turn the clock back to 2016 and just ball the hell out? Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. I'm not the, I, what movie is it from, but the, the gift that's both. Probably oh, both. Why can't we have both? Well, yeah, that's probably what it's going to be. It's just like, yeah, this team's going to suck and then the ball's going to kick and then Aaron Rodgers is going to look like prime Aaron Rodgers and I'm like well we talked about all week how this team is garbage their best players are hurt right now <laughs> they have no talent at receiver and then Aaron Rodgers will turn into 2014 Aaron Rodgers and just stab us in the heart 
I just I can't see it, man. I can't, I can't see either. it. Like, I mean, even if Aaron Rodgers reverts to his old self, like you got to have somebody to throw to at the end of the day. And the yeah. pack, I mean, Romeo Dobbs is out. Christian Watson, I feel like he's been I feel like Christian Watson has started like every game this season and finished no games this season. Like yeah, he's got um, like every week. Aaron Jones is hurt too, right? Yeah, he's got a ankle injury. They they think he's going to play this week, but he's banged up right now. David Bakhtiari's in and out of the lineup. That is one of the weirdest situations. Like, yeah, it's. I mean, it's even weirder than what the Cowboys do with Jason Peters. It's like it's it's very bizarre. Here's the thing that blew, like, so maybe he's not 100. percent So they're playing him some. They're getting him out. Whatever it is, the fact that they took him out of the game some last week, put him back in, and then tried to throw him a touchdown pass maybe just really question everything that was going on in Green Bay. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really that's a really good point. And then I mean, the other thing too, I I I don't remember where I saw this, but and like I get it makes sense. He's almost forty years old, but like Rogers' mobility is just not where right. it used to be. And I just think this pass rush is going to make his life a living hell. And ironically the one time that the Cowboys got the better of Aaron Rodgers during his prime was in 2016, the regular season before he went supernova in the playoffs. But like the Cowboys pass rush gave him no time at Lambeau that day. Like David Irving recovered like three fumbles that day. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I'm smarter than to say there's no way the Packers pull this off. And I understand people's trepidation, but like, if if the Cowboys play like the team that we've seen all year, with the exception of maybe the Bucks game, I just they they should win. They should win. I'm not saying they're going to crush them or anything, but they should win this game. Um, I feel like you look you look at it. I looked at it, you know, kind of coming into the weekend by week and going the three players that could really kill the Cowboys next week is Rashawn Gary, who's not playing anymore. He he's hurt towards ACL or Achilles. I can't remember which one it was, but out for the year. Aaron Jones, who I think is one of the most underrated backs in the league, he's either not going to play or probably not be 100%. And then I look at it like the next best thing I got is – because, I I mean, again, it's Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers could revert to Aaron Rodgers' old form at any time, but he's just looked like an absolute shell of himself for most of the year. I just look at a guy like Kenny Clark and go, okay, you're not certain what you got at left guard, interior offensive line – Maybe he could have one of those freak show days and really hurt you. But at the same time, it's just like you take Rashawn Gary out of that equation and he was their best pass pass rusher. I mean, they got Preston Smith, who doesn't do a ton of pass rush anymore, but still a good player. I just feel like they should – again, I just – I don't see where they're losing any of these matchups right now. I do. I mean, I think the recipe – the recipe is there and the Packers, like, tried their best to do it against uh, Buffalo. I mean – if assuming Aaron Jones can play, this is a team that's capable of running for 200 yards and oh, yeah. the Cowboys have shown that they're susceptible to that. So, um, you know, so if they could, if they can run the ball at will, and I do think they have a good enough secondary to confuse or bait Dak into making a questionable throw or two, we know, I mean, Dak is, Dak is a fan of doing that. <laughs> um, so and then 
and then but the other thing so if you if you mix those two things together i'm pulling up the packers stats right now that's why i'm bumbling all my words but like if they can run the ball keep the cowboys off the field and bait dak into a couple of mistakes i mean that starts to sound like a recipe for success but the thing is the little the nasty little x factor for the packers is that they can't freaking stop the run they cannot do it um God, they've given good lord. They've given up more than 150 yards in in more than half of their games. Yeah. So, you know, even if all of that stuff is humming, I don't see the Packers having a ton of success slowing down the Cowboys run game and we know that's what the Cowboys want to do anyway, and if they're successful at it, now that opens up play action, that opens up tight end screens and all that type of fun stuff you can do when the defense is keying on the run. So it's curious to say, I feel like this is going to be a low air yards game for Dak Prescott. <laughs> like uh, let's keep the football away from Jair Alexander. Let's run it. Let's play action. Boot I, mean, I mean, mid November in green Bay. Well, I'm, I, I don't think the weather is going to be terrible, but it's still probably not going to be like picture perfect conditions uh, against the team that can't stop the run. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know if you need to throw a route that's more than like a eight to ten yard crosser. Like everything yeah. else can just be around the line of scrimmage. Yep. Yep. No, I agree. I mean, like I said, it's been uh, as a. I mean, I've said for years. I thought Aaron Rodgers was the most talented quarterback in the NFL up until Mahomes oh. really took off. I'll die. I'll die on that hill, man. Like, I, I mean, I get like Mahomes, sure, and like. Mahomes is incredible. He's just he, he it's it's unreal. But like 20, 2011 to like twenty sixteen, Aaron Rodgers is like I think one of the most purely talented throwers of the football. It's it's him and Mahomes. Like the only reason Absolutely. I say one of is it's him and Mahomes. And like I got I've gotten into huge arguments about this where I'm like. I'm not talking about their accolades or their resume. Like you can't argue with what Tom Brady's accomplished, but like, right. if you're just talking about playing quarterback, a guy in his prime playing the quarterback position, there can't be more than one or two people on earth who have ever done it better than prime Aaron Rodgers. All right, now I got a question for you. Totally off topic, but this will be the last one I got. I got to get your opinion on this. My hot take is that I tweeted this out the other night. Uh, I'm having a hard time sliding Josh Allen into the tier that we're kind of talking about with Mahomes and Rodgers because I just feel like he makes so many of the we just mentioned it with Dak, but like some like the picks he's thrown the last couple of weeks, it's just like, dude, you just don't see Mahomes and you didn't see Rodgers do that for a long time. See, I mean, okay, Rodgers Rogers is is in rarefied air when it right. comes to picks, like to the point where I know some people criticize him for like, you know, he'll throw passes away or dirt passes because he doesn't want the pick on his stat sheet. You know what I mean? Um, like Mahomes will throw picks. Don't get me wrong. Like That's, that's what the, I was going to say. Like Mahomes, Mahomes is good for a, like, I don't want to say boneheaded, but it's like, damn, right. dude, like what, what did you see there? Right. But – like the one, I mean, I don't know if you watched, went back and rewatched the Bills Jets game, but he the first pick he threw didn't even see the guy. Yeah, like brother. <laughs> so, I, like he's a freak. Like Josh Allen's an absolute freak. There's no denying that. I'll meet you. I'll meet you halfway. I I agree with what you're saying. Okay. Um, 
in the, I agree with what you're saying in the sense that like it's a troubling trend for such a talented guy. Right. The reason that I'm willing to put him on that tier is because when he's at his best, he's it's terrifying. Like, I mean, yeah. Uh, and like, I mean, I've never met Josh Allen. I don't know him. But I'll, ne- just- I'll never forget I, I interviewed him at the senior bowl. He's at the senior bowl when everybody thought he was the worst prospect of all time. Dude, <laughs> probably like if somebody really wanted to embarrass me, I'm sure they could go dig up me saying some mean shit about Josh Allen because I did not see it. Nobody did, especially that week in Mobile. <laughs> There's a lot of passes thrown seven rows up into the end. <laughs> uh, I mean he looked awful in mobile and, and I just remember which like, so my rule of thumb with quarterbacks is, and uh, it's clearly not infallible as Josh Allen shows, but I'm just like, if you're not drastically elevating your offense in college, what are we doing here? You know, like, like, like I felt it was the same thing with Daniel Jones, where I'm just like, if Daniel Jones is worth this pick, Duke should have been more impressive at some point during his time. Like, which don't get me wrong. I had no idea Mahomes was going to be a star, but at least when Mahomes was at tech, they were literally putting up video game numbers every week. Like he was just doing insane shit week after week. Whereas with Daniel Jones, you're like, yeah, like I guess Duke's pretty good, but I don't know, man. It was the same thing with Josh. I was just like, I was like, shouldn't Wyoming be going ten and two or eleven and one if they have a top right. ten quarterback on the roster? Uh, yeah. Anyway, but um, oh, what I was gonna say is, I I just feel like Josh Allen gets bored. Honestly, I feel like it. I feel like he's just like they looked amazing in the first half against Green Bay. They were doing whatever they want, and then in the second half, everything kind of bogs down. He threw a couple ugly picks in that yeah. game against the Packers, and I like. I just feel like he gets bored and he's like, ah, let me try some shit. Cause otherwise I'm just not really having a good time. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's what happened against the jets, but like there it's, it, I just feel like it's gotta be something related to that because like, if you can look that good at your best, then I know you're better than not seeing a guy that's like dropped in a zone coverage like that. Like both I, of, both of those picks last week, I was just like, Yikes. It's like, you know, maybe maybe he's maybe he saw the Jets on the schedule and was like, Yeah, I'm I'm going on it's it's date night this week. I'm not doing the extra film study. I don't know. Which I don't know that. I'm not I'm joking. I'm not trying to like throw shade at Josh Allen's work <laughs> ethic, but like yeah, I just I think he gets bored. How about the know. Jets being good? It's funny because <laughs> I went on national TV last week and I was like, let's, let's pump the brakes on the jets. Like, are we really penciling the jets into the playoffs? And then they turned around and beat the bills. I guess we should, we should say their defense is really good. And their offense is kind of reminds us of early season Cowboys for a while. (laughs) But Hey, I mean, if your defense is that good and like their ability to run the ball against a good defense Without Brees Hall and with the Bills knowing that they didn't really need to respect Zach Wilson, like if you can run the ball at will and play good defense, I mean, you might not win the Super Bowl, but that's you'll win some games. That's a recipe. That's a recipe for success. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. Again, I remember having I had a take in the off season where I was like, 
because you're talking we're talking about how like loaded the AFC is and I was like okay instead of talking about like who's a contender in the AFC let's just talk about who's not because it's not a long list right and I was like the Patriots Jets and like Steelers are like the only non-contenders in the AFC and lo and behold the freaking Jets are actually pretty damn good who figured yeah. who would have guessed good for them they've been bad for so long sometimes yeah, yeah. That's, I love that about I love that about the NFL is like it's the Bengals last year. You're just like, thank good job, yeah. guys. I mean, for the for the most part, and I'm not talking about winning a Super Bowl. I get like that's hard to do, but like for the most part, you'll never go more than like five or six years without being good. Like the Jets are the example we turn to all the time of like a terrible franchise. <laughs> And it's only been 10 years since they made back-to-back AFC title game appearances. Yeah. So, like, for the most part, I guess with the exceptions of, like, Detroit, Houston. Washington, uh, well, even Houston, though. Yeah, like, Houston, had... was, Houston was regularly making the playoffs for most of the last decade. Like, yeah. by and large, you're going to be good. You're never going to go more than not never, but you're rarely going to go more than like four or five years without having a good team. Like, obviously, there are exceptions, but for the most part, that seems pretty true. So that's cool. And and to close it out, I mean, knock on wood, we're kind of hoping that that's where the Cowboys are going to be kind of starting because we we almost thought that this was going to be like a rebuild year because they moved on from some folks and didn't really do a whole lot to replace them. And we were like, Okay, they're really, you know, they had a really good regular season last year, failed in the playoffs, and now it felt like they're kind of hitting the reset button. But I mean, now you can make the case that they're one of the two or three best teams in the NFC. So I said for the longest time when Mike McCarthy got hired, which I, I, this is what I said. I was like, obviously, the goal is to win a Super Bowl, and that is the standard that the Cowboys will always be judged by. But outside of that, the best benchmark for success for Mike McCarthy is that the Cowboys need to become a franchise that you can pencil into the playoffs every September. Like they, they haven't been that since the nineties. Like it's make the playoffs, miss the playoffs, make the playoffs, miss the playoffs. Like if McCarthy can get the Cowboys to a point where every year we're saying, yeah, this changed and that changed and that changed, but they're going to be there. Like they're going to be in the playoffs. Like if you can get to that point, that's how you win a Super Bowl is just be there every year, give yourselves more rolls of the dice. And that's how you get the fan base to stop bitching too, I think. I mean, obviously Cowboys yeah. fans are going to bitch about anything, but it's not even like, oh, it's been 27 years since the Super Bowl or this long since the NFC, you know, championship. It's just like like you said like they're I think we, I should say, are frustrated that it's every other year. It's like it, one year you feel like you got a chance, and the next year it's just like, damn it. Yeah, I mean, every, every time <laughs> every time the Cowboys fall short, you're like, all right, I guess we'll see if we can build on, right. you know, I guess we'll see if we can do better than this three years from now when we right. finally get our shit together. Um, Yeah, and, and on, I mean, it, it so much goes into it. Like, if you're making the playoffs every year, that's making it's giving you a more tested battle seasoned roster guy like guys know what to expect when they get to the playoffs like all that type of stuff so uh it'll be you know again i get it winning the super bowl is the goal but like even 
even if the Cowboys make the playoffs and don't get there this year, as disappointing as that'll be, I'll be like, damn, okay, Mike McCarthy, yeah. like that's something that none of your predecessors since freaking Bill Parcells have been able to do. Yeah. No, so, I agree. And and not actually not even Bill Parcells, because Parcells retired after 06, so it was Wade that went to the playoffs in 07. Yeah. I mean, again, I'm, I'm King pessimism when it comes to this team, obviously. So it's like they make the playoffs in consecutive years, especially in this year where I like had no expectations at all. I was like, they could be terrible. Like That's kind of where Dak gets hurt in week one. And we were kind of like, all right, well that shouldn't shock anybody with what they did with the offensive line and how that was set up. But I was, I'll be like, you know what? Damn. Like, even if they don't go very far, I'll be like, I'll give them credit. I was back to back. Fun years as a Cowboys fan, and that's all we're asking for is let it be enjoyable. <laughs> it's easy to say that, but then at some point oh, you're like, "Don't you run know. a QB sneak on third and twelve with seven seconds left," and I'll be like, "What is happening here?" Can I? This I've I've said this before, so it's not a hot take, really. I mean, no, it's a hot take. It's not new, but like, I don't have a problem with that call. I really don't. All right, that see you, just, David. Bye, huh? David. Bye, David. <laughs> <laughs> Dak, Dak ran too far. Yeah. If he if he gets down sooner, they spike that ball and they have a shot at the end zone. Like it's the it, it was one of like two or three plays that you could run that San Francisco's defense was not lined up to defend. Because I was there. Like I mean, they had five guys out on the boundary. Like they were giving up the middle of the field readily. Um. So yeah, I mean, they could have run an in breaking. What's that? Just two Hail Marys is all I wanted. No way. I would rather I'd rather I'd rather one shot from the thirty than two shots from the fifty. Like what are the, I mean I'm maximizing opportunities, baby. It's such a low percentage play. I really like I okay. It, it wasn't the best call in the world or anything, but like <laughs> I I did I really don't have a problem with it. Dak should have just gotten down sooner. Like he 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 extended the play three steps too far. That's my that's my hot stupid take for the day. I mean, hey, there's a lot of people who agreed with you. I mean, you're wrong, but it's okay. It's okay. If he had gotten down sooner, they spike the ball and he throws it. You know, they probably don't. They probably still don't win that game. Like they take one shot to the end zone and it gets batted down or whatever. But we would not be talking about this if Dak had gotten down sooner and if the ref hadn't been such a bumbling doofus. <laughs> I was but, at that game, yeah. and I'll never forget. I was like, oh, they're going to absolutely do something different here because the ref just tripped over somebody, ran into somebody, knocked the quarterback over. I was like, they're definitely going to put like two seconds back on the clock and let them get on the playoffs, and they're just like, end of the game. <laughs> nope. <laughs> oh, man. That's... Please just look. It's we're, we're, we're being pretty positive. Just don't end the season, whether it's the quarterback sneak or not. Just don't end the season like that again. <laughs> That's all we're asking. Buddy, see, you're gonna go thing, out at least go out to where the referees just don't run off the field and everybody in the stadium's like, "What's happening?" Here? I gotta, I gotta teach you a lesson about like it. The monkey's paw is a real thing. Like <laughs> now that you've said that, they will find a way to break your heart in a in a different bizarre manner. Like every that's time, what they do. Every time I go to a football game at AT and T Stadium, something absolutely absurd happens. So I've just, I mean, accepted it. Something completely absurd happens in forty percent of cowboy games. No, I'm I mean, saying I'm saying like absurd, absurd. Like I was at the Ricardo Lockett debacle in Seattle. That was the first game I went to. 
Oh, when but, Jeff Heath yeah. knocked him out at the 50 yard line. Yeah, yeah. that was unfortunate. That was not fun. Um, I was at the Aaron Rodgers third and 1000 playoff game. Oh. That was not, that was not, that was not fun. Um, what other game did we, oh, we went to the Kansas City Chiefs game where they scored the touchdown. The Tyree Kill game? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The yeah, Tyree Kill, Hail Mary? They, yeah. They, yep, they scored that uh, before halftime. Um, I'm losing count here. I was at the Denver Broncos game last year, which was the worst game of all time, and they did the, the, uh, the blocked punt thing where they blocked oh. recovered it. And then, I was going to say, I was like, what really happened? That was absurd in that game, but that was pretty that ridiculous. Was absurd. And then, and then I was, I was at the uh, San Francisco fourth, fourth down quarterback sneak and referee tackles the quarterback. I should really, <laughs> I should take the time to really write down a lot of these memories. Cause like, after a while, it all kind of blends together and you forget right. about it. Like I'm, this has nothing to do with anything that you just talked about, but thinking about playing the Packers just reminded me of the Matt Flynn game in 2013 when the Cowboys went to half. I think they were up 26 to three against Matt Flynn and lost. <laughs> Wasn't even Aaron Rodgers. I remember, I'll never forget. They were seven and five. They had just, they had won. They had won a, a big – oh, they beat the Giants. They beat the Giants with a walk-off field goal, and everybody was like, oh, we got the Packers at home without Aaron Rodgers, and we got the sorry-ass Bears. We're going to win both of those games. We're going to be 9-5. and five. And, of course, because it's the Dallas Cowboys, they lost them both in excruciating fashion. Yeah. They freaking – they gave up a 23-point lead to Matt Flynn, and then they let – fucking Josh McCown throw for 600 yards on him on Monday night football. Those are some, those are some rough years for the Cowboys. What a, what a debacle. (laughs) What a debacle. That was my first year covering the Cowboys. I was like, is this what it's like all the time? (laughs) It's kind of funny because people on Twitter who followed me or whatever, though, every time I go to the game, they're like, no, you can't go. Oh, get out of here. It's like a running theme where there's like something awful is going to (laughs) happen. superstition is for dweebs like think about like there there are literally a thousand people at every cowboy game that are that all think that they're like oh this happened because i was here i swear there's something going on though like i said the only i just i just remember the i forgot zeke and dax first game terrence williams forgot to run out of bounds that was was a rough one just always something, man. I'm like, just give me a break. Just give me one one game where I don't have to like look up rules or figure out what happens when this happens. God, God gives his what's what's the God gives his toughest battles to the toughest soldiers or whatever. Like, yeah. hey, but eventually, eventually, you will be there for a sweet win, and it'll all be worth it. Maybe I don't know who who can say. Probably not. At the, with this team, I really I have to see it to believe it, really. But what well, I mean, one day, eventually. David, this was fantastic as always. Yeah, thanks when, for having me, man. When can the people see your beautiful face, sweet voice on Fox Sports? If you're into uh, sports talk TV, I'm on Speak on FS1 uh, every weekday at. It's one thirty Pacific, so I guess that's four thirty Eastern, three thirty Central. 
Uh, and I often write articles on FoxSports.com, many of which are about the Dallas Cowboys. So come, come check me out. Come find me. And uh, yeah, I appreciate it, man. I, I love coming on with you. David, I hope you're the one that breaks that Odell Beckham has signed with the Dallas Cowboys in like 16 hours. That'd be great. That would be if I if I beat the regular beat writers to the news. That would be really funny since I'm not a beat writer anymore. Uh, but yeah, I'll do my best. Just give him a call tonight and figure out what's going on. Odell, it's Dave. Dave. We met that one time in 2011 when we were both still college kids. Big um, LSU guy here. You coming to the Cowboys or what? I think you could get it done for us. Uh, I, I'm not saying he's this. I, I'm, I'll freak out, and that's not like it's fun. Like I don't, I'm not a Cowboy fan, and it's my job to cover the team. So like maybe I shouldn't say that, but like, it's fun. I'll, I'll be, I'll be very excited if hey. uh, if Odell finds his way to Big D for sure. David Hellman, Odell Beckham's agent. <laughs> he will be breaking the news for us here soon so we appreciate him joining the show I'm sure we'll see him again in the near future always enjoy having one david helman thank you everybody listening thank you we'll see you guys next week we'll talk in the star podcast to do's less time and an infinite number of tools to keep track of sometimes doing business has never felt harder but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals you can just use hubspot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier imagine this high quality leads fast closing deals wildly happy customers and more benchmark breaking quarters it's not a miracle it's hubspot visit hubspot.com to get started today